Welcome to the Center for Transformation Institute podcast, where we are uniting with therapists everywhere for personal and professional growth. Your journey starts here at The Place Therapists Grow. I've been thinking about this concept recently in terms of whether or not someone has to deal with their trauma in order to fully recover. So it seems like I just had a conversation with a, a client this week, but there was another story that happened recently where I heard someone say, you're, you're wanting me to talk about something that's so difficult. Why are you wanting to torture me? Basically, they're like, you want me to talk about this thing. Why would you do that, right? Why would you want to make me talk about something that's only going to cause me pain? It was as if the person that I'm talking about thought, if I talk about this, there's nothing good that could come out of that. That is only a problem for me. That's, there's nothing that's beneficial from bringing up the past or the thing that's bad. And I think that is a belief system that maybe is outdated, yet if you don't know the current neuroscience, if you don't know the current research, you don't know that you have to resolve trauma. And it feels like this unearthing this thing that I've been holding into myself would actually cause me more harm than good because my tears, my, my emotional upset actually would harm me more than it's a cathartic release. So I think it's a mindset that some people have. And as therapists, we have to help clients understand why it's good to, to recover from trauma, why it's good to talk about things from the path and how to do so in such a way that isn't damaging to their nervous systems. So my name is Monica Maurer. I am a licensed therapist. I'm also the director of the CFT Institute. Here at the Center for Transformation Institute, we exist to partner with our fellow therapists in terms of our personal growth as therapists, but also professional growth. And we use something called the life model to do that. The life model is a neurological and spiritual conceptualization that helps us understand how a human heals, how a human recovers and how a human lives in the fullness of our ability to experience joy and satisfaction and fulfillment in life. We have, we as at, at, here at the Institute love the life model because of how it's affected us personally, but also how we see it impacting clients. And we are partnering with Life Model Works, the parent organization, to bring a, uh, an educational curriculum to therapists to help us as therapists understand how to apply this model. And I think one of the main um, difficulties around the model is that the concepts are amazing and they're rooted in spiritual, um, biblical truth and also in what we understand from the latest neuroscience discoveries. But one of the main difficulties around the model is how to apply it, right? Because there's a sense of it being ambiguous. You know, these concepts are amazing, but then what do I do with the concepts? What do I do for myself? What do I, how can I really give clients what they need? Because what we know from the model is that a lot of what's needed is experiential. So it's not just this kind of step-by-step -step or teaching that you can just listen to 
and uh, yet there there are some strategies that we have figured out here at the Institute that we have been able to apply with clients we've been able to see a lot of growth and so in our journey we also want to even work on a research study that will help to to prove what we're seeing we're seeing it in actuality but we would love to be able to give that proof to therapists as well as hey this is actually working and this is how we know is there some evidence to to back up what we're seeing what we're experiencing but for me personally i know the model's been incredible and i've been a therapist for um, a couple of decades now and in my own emotional health journey I've tried a lot of different modalities a lot of different um, therapeutic approaches for my own healing and have found this life model to bring it all together in ways that nothing else has been able to do as um, as holistically so that's why I'm so passionate about it very passionate about it and want to help other therapists grab a hold of it because I believe and I think what we know from what we are hearing now with the latest research around right brain psychotherapy is that if we're not whole we won't be able to transfer that wholeness to clients at the same level that we have the potential to so what does that mean for a therapist to be whole I mean there's a lot to that right and so at the Institute, we want to kind of tag team that idea of how can we help ourselves get whole? How can we challenge ourselves to look at our gaps, to really shine the spotlight on our own hearts, even how the word says, search me, oh God, know my heart. How can we do that? And what resources can we use to help us take a deeper dive into our whole, own wholeness journey and at the same time offer what we can to clients and so i think we wouldn't be in this field if we didn't want to do that we're all trying to do that for ourselves and others because we believe that god is in the business of restoration that he's he's wanting to restore and redeem the difficulties the malfunctions the dysfunctions of our lives so when it comes to trauma and the importance of dealing with unresolved trauma we know that unless we do, there's a, there's a sickness inside of us. It's similar, I think, our biological bodies are so similar. Like if we ingest something that's not good for us, um, whether it be a chemical or a, a food um, over time um, or something genetically that's passed down to us, if our body doesn't detox from that thing, it will only amplify over time and it will get worse. Trauma is the same way, and I'll often explain that when I talk to clients as, a, as an EMDR, certified EMDR therapist, we talk a lot about trauma, and I say it's, it's like a toxic buildup in the brain. Just imagine you have all these little toxins in your brain. I don't know what that would look like um, on a brain scan, but I say let's just conceptualize what it would look like to have toxic buildup in your brain because these traumas kind of are unresolved and they're staying there and so really what trauma therapy is is a detox from the toxic buildup in your brain and and reworking um, the way that your brain has adapted to the malfunction of the trauma will help you resolve and kind of live detoxed and so you can experience life 
in more healthy ways, your longevity would increase, your, um, your ability to live a life that is fulfilling in each moment is going to increase when your traumas are resolved. So we know that when we experience traumas as humans, and we can explain this to our clients, when we experience these traumas, what happens is our brain, our brain creates a coping mechanism. And part of the coping oftentimes, especially with unresolved trauma, is, is maladaptive. So we're going to believe something about ourselves that's not true or about life that's not true, right? So either there's something wrong with me or I'm not safe or I, sh you know, I, you know, living with our regrets and, and our, our dysfunctional thinking around our regrets can cause these malfunctions in our brain that then like we, I was saying a minute ago, will amplify over time and really create a, a bigger problem than was there to begin with. And so when we think about developmental trauma, when trauma comes in so early, these maladaptive ways of thinking, then my brain will amplify that over time and the neural pathways will get stronger, you know, neurons that fire together, wire together. So we've got these large neural pathways around certain ways of thinking I remember uh, when I started doing my own trauma recovery going, well, I believe this thing about me is true. Like I'm a bad person or I'm, there's something wrong with me. I believe it's true. And all these other scenarios that have happened in my life have backed it up. Well, why did those scenarios back up that belief system? It backed it up because that belief system was started. And so it's like every new experience I was having, I would filter through that same way of thinking about myself, which would build then that neural pathway. And so those traumas then lead to mental health disorders and addiction, because that's how my brain copes, right? I'm coping with my trauma, which trauma means I'm alone and in pain and nobody can share the impact of what I'm going through right? If I don't feel like I'm alone, I can go through something hard, but I've got somebody who's going to help me process it and go through it. I can suffer well, but trauma means I'm alone and in pain and traumas can be small. They can be large, you know, but we all, we can't escape that as humans. We all have this. So helping clients understand that too, because I think a lot of times our clients are thinking, oh, well, I never had, you know, a major thing happen. So I'm not traumatized. Yet as therapists, we say everyone has something traumatic to work through. And these things lead to mental health or addiction because mental health disorders or addiction, because all of life can kind of be seen through the lens of chaos to order, right? And if order is my trauma is processed, it's integrated, I know who I am, I know the truth about who I am, I can live in that reality, then I'm an integrated person, my trauma is resolved. If it's not integrated, then what's happening is I'm, it, there's chaos. And that chaos has to cope somehow. And so if the coping is a mental health issue, well then anxiety is somehow helping me cope with my chaos. Depression is somehow helping me cope with my chaos. Um, my phobia or disorder is my OCD is helping me cope with the chaos of life or addiction, you know, or, and, or I suppose, um, addiction is an automatic search for relief in life model. We talk about addiction 
through the lens of beeps. Ed Curry coined that, that phrase and he's really our life model addiction expert. And he's written many of the books that we attend to for life model. BEEPs stand for behaviors, experiences, events, people, and substances. So it's not just that we're looking at drugs and alcohol as addictive. We're looking at all of these substances and processes that we experience in life as things that help us cope with the chaos. And our brain, um, Curry would say, our brain uh, launches an automatic search for relief. So it's so quick, and in IFS work we call that the firefighter, right? It's an automatic, it's a reflex. My brain says, how can I get free from this chaos? To the point where I don't even think I have a problem, right? Just give me my Netflix, give me my, you know, my pornography, give me my, you know, um, alcohol, and then the chaos feels like it goes away, right? when I break that down, when I take away that substance or process, that beep, then my brain goes, uh-oh, <laughs> this doesn't feel good, right? Because the chaos is there. And so trauma recovery in therapy and through life model is about making sense of these things, organizing it. I know in interpersonal neurobiology, we talk about how um, when a parent has resolved their childhood issues, then their brain is more organized and then they automatically offer that organization to their child. And as therapists, that's what we're called to do. We're called to organize our own chaos so that when we're sitting with a client offering that, them that right brain to right brain psychotherapy that we're actually offering an organized brain. It's our responsibility because of quantum physics and <laughs> how the brain works, we can just offer that automatically to a client, it's not even through our words. It's through the transfer, the interpersonal transfer that happens between our energy systems mm -hmm. that our healthy brain can impact them. And I know in Transforming Fellowship, Chris Kersey in the intro says, it's this odd thing as therapists that we are able to do. We're able to, for a fee, transfer our brain to our client that in exchange for a fee, you get a permanent copy of my brain. <laughs> it's, it's a bizarre concept, but this is what we're learning from neuroscience, that we can do this as therapists. So it's a mantle of responsibility. And it, it gets complicated because we don't see ourselves except through the lens of how others see us. And we've got gaps. We all have gaps in our development and our, in our own personal recovery that we have to be able to find and look, th look at. So we need to be in our own therapy. We need to be having our own belonging groups where we're connecting with other people who can help us see ourselves, who can help us go to those places where we maybe haven't gone before. And even to know those places are there so that we can bring that health to our clients. And if we don't do that, then society will suffer because as therapists, we hold a mantle of responsibility to be mature, to fill in our maturity gaps. So from a life model perspective, we, we need our brains to recover from trauma in order to be whole. The, the benefit of recovery is wholeness. And recovery doesn't just look like I'm white knuckling my beep, 
I'm just holding back and I'm not using, you know, I'm, I'm sober. But recovery looks like I'm integrating my life. I, I work with a lot of uh, people who have addictions as, as a sexual addiction, um, a certified sex addiction therapist. And when, when somebody goes to 12 step or they're in a recovery process, when we're working with them on there, we call them green circle behaviors, the things that they're doing in their life to help them stay free from their addiction. It has to do with going to those places where those toxic neuropathways are built up and really facing life, facing life on life's terms is what people in addiction will say, right? In addiction recovery will say. So I'm facing life on life's terms and that means I'm looking at myself, I'm looking at my maladaptive belief systems, how they got there, and I'm letting my brain go through what Life Model would call the pain processing pathway. The only way to get on the other side of the pain processing pathway is through attachment of being able to feel the pain I feel and stay con in connected in organized attachment. That's what Carl Lehman, who is um, the one who has coined that phrase, the, the pain processing pathway, he's, he's, a life he's a life model informant, right? He's a psychiatrist who helps to inform the life model. But he says that we have to stay attached mm -hmm. to God or a benevolent other. Right? And, and as therapists, we are that benevolent other. We are the face of God oftentimes, the face mm -hmm. of grace, mm -hmm. is how Ed Curry talks about it, the face of grace to our clients, to stay present with them in increasingly difficult experience of pain as they're processing trauma, as, it, as that trauma is being uprooted from their souls, they're able to stay connected. And I think that's where trauma recovery can be dangerous because if our clients don't feel like they're connected while they're experiencing that trauma, it can feel like the chaos is impossible to bear. So we want to be really careful as EMDR therapists, we're using a lot of resourcing, we're setting a foundation for clients as their trauma is coming up. But if we're able to stay connected to, to the client in their pain, they're able to allow that pain to come up and then to be released from their bodies, to be released from their souls, and clients are able to come into a place of wholeness and health and, and recovery that then allows them to live out their lives in joy. It's not easy, but to have more joy for the journey. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Place Therapists Grow. We hope you will join us next Monday. To expand your knowledge and continue your growth journey, go to cftinstitute.com and take our assessment. See you next time.